what's up guys welcome to another episode of the grind podcast where i talk about hunting entrepreneurship and the daily grind what it takes to earn success i'm your host eric van Workham. today we got seth back in the show he's a veteran at this point um seth what's up man Oh, just getting by, getting excited. You know, it's fall, so we're all excited here, and it's hard to stay focused on work stuff. But, you know, when you get things like this that pop up, you come to do a podcast to talk about, you know, hunting and all things shooting. It uh, just does nothing but get us more excited around here. Yeah, heck yeah. Well, this, this is a big podcast. We're going to be talking about, at the time this releases, um, is when it will be announced. But we're talking about it in advance, obviously. But the 7 PRC, Woo! Peyton, insert drum roll bells alerts whatever yeah fireworks fireworks we got <laughs> we we got the seven prc i've been asking about this cartridge i'm sure many others have for a few years now i love the seven millimeter and i just wanted to see hornady do something with it so i am so pumped yeah it's you know it's it's something that as a as a shooter i'm certainly passionate about this has been one of my pet projects for a really long time um you know i started working on this uh, several years ago and the seven millimeter is just a sweetheart my first custom rifle was a seven millimeter remington magnum nice. and uh because of all of the benefits that we can talk about and now to see something sammy approved so that anybody can buy a factory rifle with good factory ammo and get long range performance uh, with all the terminal performance that you expect from seven millimeter, uh, with more manageable recoil than those big thirties, it's just a win for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, you go back to that, uh, the, the recoil thing, you know, the, the, the 300 PRC is, is lightning and thunder where I, hundred oh, percent where I think the seven PRC is more lightning, and, yeah. but, but yet it brings the thunder to, to the, uh, to the target. Or, oh, but, it does, yeah. But but it doesn't bring the thunder to your shoulder. Exactly. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. It it really is a it's a joy to shoot comparatively. You know, is it still a magnum cartridge that recoils quite a bit? Yeah, you know, it still is. But uh, it is not. It's not a big thirty. It is definitely a lot more manageable. Yeah, yeah it's not going to purr like a kitten, but it is going to hammer. Now, I've already killed one mule deer with it, um, four hundred and twenty eight yards or so, on the very last day of season, the very last hour up on some public and absolutely hammered this buck. I could not believe it. And I was, you know, I struck out on my elk tag, my early elk tag this year. I was really planning on shooting an elk with a seven PRC and I was super bummed. You know, I passed some good bulls. We'll have to do a podcast on that hunt, but, um, I passed some good bulls and I'm like, man, I gotta get something. I gotta get something with a seven PRC for Seth. Yeah. And so I'm glad that I was able to connect with something on the very last day of season, uh, 428 yards. Peyton and I literally hiked a ridge um, and was able to find a buck feeding out an hour before dark. And uh, it was pretty Fatal awesome. Mistake. But, yep. But, but what surprised me most about the 7PRC was how much bruising there was. So I, this, this buck was mostly broadside, maybe a little bit quartered away. Um, but like I said, mostly broadside. And I hit him perfect, maybe just a little bit lower than mid body. But what was crazy is it, 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 it dumped him and he was, he was, he was kicking, but he was, I mean, he was dead before he hit the ground. Sure. But, but the bruising again, lower than mid body, but the bruising went all the way up to the top of the neck and the back strap. I couldn't believe it. And this was a 175 grain ELDX, which, you know, yeah. we've been successful with 175 grain ELDX for some time now, but Wow. Yeah. Well, and that's, you know, it really, 
explains a lot. What you just said doesn't necessarily explain a lot, but it it puts the the proof in the pudding, if you will, because although it's not as big as those big thirty calibers like the three hundred PRC, you have a higher muzzle velocity and you have more efficient bullets, or in some cases, equally efficient bullets. So if you have a slightly more efficient bullet and a higher muzzle velocity, it's just going to carry that downrange more. And we've been saying it since our first podcast, velocity makes the bullet work. Yeah. And in this case, uh, yeah, you're hitting with just flat out more speed. You know, when you compare a 300 PRC uh, with the 212 ELDX, you know, our precision hunter load, and you compare our 175 ELDX and the 7 PRC doing 3,000 feet per second at the muzzle, that's what our factory load does. The 7 PRC actually carries more energy at 800 yards than the 300 PRC, even though the 300 PRC starts with substantially more. Wow. That's impressive. Say that one more time just for the crowd can hear it. Yeah. So it's the, the 300 PRC uh, has, I mean, all the energy, right? Because it's a super huge bullet. And the factory ammo in Precision Hunter is doing 2860 at the muzzle. Yep. So that's going to give you like... 3,800 foot pounds or, or more. I can't remember exactly how many, but it's, it's quite a bit. It's pretty substantial. And the 175 ELDX in our factory ammo and the factory precision hunter ammo, that's doing 3000 feet per second. So now you have an increase in muzzle velocity. Now at the muzzle, you're only going to have whatever it is, 34, 3,500 foot pounds of energy. But by the time you get out to 800 yards, the seven PRC is actually going to carry more foot pounds of energy than the 300 PRC because of the ballistic efficiency of those bullets. Um, and that's, you know, that's something that we pride ourselves on is simply let the bullet do the work. We want it to be fast enough that it gets the job done and arrives with authority, but we, we want it to be manageable to shoot and we let the efficiency of the bullet do the work. Right. That's awesome. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I really thought about that, that, it was carrying more energy at distance just because it's yeah. going faster. Now I, I chronoed mine. I have a 24 inch barrel, uh, proof barrel on it. And I think with the Hornady precision hunter, I was doing 2960. Okay. Right around 2960. And I think that's what the box says. The box will say 3000 cause the development oh. was done, okay. uh, with a 24 inch test barrel. And, uh, we run those to be 3000 feet per second 3, plus or minus okay. yeah, at the muzzle. Now with, yeah, barrel to barrel, you're going to get variances. You know, some barrels take longer to break in than others. Yeah, and my, mine's um, not broken yet. I was going to say typically yeah. not just on proof, but any barrel, you know, you, you get anything less than 80 rounds on it and it's going to be a little slow. Yeah. Usually around the 80 round mark, sometimes you get closer to a hundred, 120, that barrel is going to achieve its maximum velocity. And from there it'll stabilize. Yeah. Um, just on a hunting rifle, it's pointless and semi-unnecessary yeah. to put that many rounds on a barrel, but it will happen. It's just yeah. a phenomenon that occurs that you have to account for. But even at 2960, that 175 is a, is a, is a killer. Yeah. Okay. So 20, 2960, um, was, I was getting, but I, again, I, I think I'm going to speed up there. Uh, obviously you guys were probably shooting those specs with a broken barrel. So very I, much so. I, I mean, it's going to be close. It's going to be really close. And at some point I'll need a re-chrono here soon. And just to make sure that we're good to go, which it's always good to do. I missed a bear one time because my gun, had sped up. Yeah, so it happens. It, it and, happens. And especially where I'm getting a rifle, a new rifle or two every year. Uh, that's one thing you got to check, you know? 
Absolutely. That's kind of my pre-flight checklist. And and now I travel with a magneto speed um, oh, do you really? or, or a lab radar. We have one of each here and we've got several of each rather. And anyways, I always end up traveling with one for a hunt just because I don't know, it's like one of those OCD things. This is a variable that I can control. So I'm just right. going to control it. So I know exactly. And then when you get that last day, last light, the animal feeds out just in time. Uh, you don't have to worry about if your velocity sped up or if, you know, uh, if your ammo's running a little slow or whatever, you just, you just know. Yeah. You just know hey, you, you might as well take that extra precaution and, and just do the extra work just to make sure that yep. way you're not questioning it. Confidence kills as we've talked about many, many times. It does, so, yeah. Um, you definitely want to take those extra steps. So, um, well, tell me about like why? What's the why yeah. behind the seven PRC? Sure. A, so a, a smaller bullet, faster. Uh, it only makes sense because there's a six five and a three hundred PRC. I mean, talk to me about that. Yeah. Well, and and the seven millimeter. When you look at what I'm going to call extended range hunting or quote unquote non traditional distance hunting, what really brought that that part of the game to prominence is efficient seven millimeters when you look at it. You know, obviously the 300 wind mag is great, but the cartridge that really won the West for modern, you know, how do I want to put that without sounding like I'm out there trying to make long shots, but you know, where you're trying to shoot something from 50 to 500 yards or further, if you have to, the seven millimeter Remington Magnum really personified that because you could do it with a really efficient bullet. Um, you could do it with lower recoil than those big thirties, um, and with less powder. So it was kind of win-win there. And like I mentioned, my first custom rifle was a seven mag. And what I did was a one in eight twist. So not a standard twist, went faster twist, went with a custom chamber and I loaded a 175 grain ELDX and I loaded it longer than Sammy specs mm -hmm. and I ran it right at 3000 feet per second. And it was lightning man it was nuts it was the god gun you controlled life and death with that thing it was great but to do so i had to do everything custom right and i had to custom load well with the 7 prc and with the rest of the prcs what we're trying to do is make it available to everybody and so that's why it's so important for us to get these cartridges to sammy to be approved so you can buy a factory rifle and buy a factory ammo and really the answer why is you've got the 6.5 you got the 300 and they both do a lot of great things but there was still a hole a 284 diameter hole i guess figuratively speaking uh where the 6.5 as fast and flat and fun to shoot as that is super low recoil it is a little on the anemic side for some folks to use on elk or moose let's say or you know those bigger game you don't want to take that brown bear hunting so it was a little on the smaller side now on the 300 prc side you have something that is the lightning and the thunder and everything else it is nuts i mean that thing is a true cannon but to get that performance you do increase the recoil and the shootability quite substantially um so that created an, uh, a scenario okay do you take the light you know fast short action or do you take the big long heavy 30 cal well the 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 happy medium here the the you know the harmony is split the difference we can go slightly larger than the 65 slightly smaller than the 300 and get the best of both worlds you get a cartridge that's small enough that you can build a nice midweight lightweight hunting rifle it's easy to shoot the recoil doesn't kick you too bad um, you can take it on an antelope hunt and not have a grossly oversized cartridge right. and likewise 
if you want that long range performance, you want that five, six, seven, eight hundred plus yard performance. You want the, the ability to take it on a moose hunt or an elk hunt or a brown bear hunt, but you don't want all the recoil that is, comes with those big thirties. You split the difference, and that's what we did with the seven. Is we wanted to find the you know the the balance point so that if if a guy out there wanted to buy or build one really nice rifle and buy a really good optic and just have a combination, whether he's hunting antelope or brown bear or anything in between, he has got a, a system that is going to work at virtually any practical yeah. distance. And that's really what the seven millimeter does is it does it efficiently. Yeah. It does it with balance and we build accuracy into the cartridge by how we designed the chamber. So if you get a, a, a off the shelf rifle, you can get good quality ammo. It's a no-brainer. Yeah. Well, uh, you, you mentioned something good there. Something small as, say, an antelope, but maybe something as large as a brown bear. Would you feel confident taking a 7PRC on a brown bear hunt? I would. Yeah. I, I would, too. Just seeing what it's done on, on, on that deer I shot. I would definitely take it on a brown bear hunt. I've seen the bruising. I've seen the speed. I see the energy. I've literally seen it knock deer off their feet at 400 yards, which is which is crazy. You know? yeah. And that, that well, wasn't a shoulder shot. That, that was a... That was a double long shot that not, literally knocked that buck um, off its feet. That's glorious. And with the appropriate bullet, I should have qualified that. And, you know, that's, I guess, doesn't need to be said. But with the appropriate bullet, I would use it on virtually anything. Um, you know, we've got, uh, just to talk about our factory ammo for a minute, it's a precision rifle cartridge. So we do have match ammunition available loaded with our 180 grain ELD match which is just a juggernaut of a bullet. I mean, of all the 7mm bullets from any manufacturer on the market, that 180 ELD match is just incredible. Muzzle velocity there is doing 29.75. Then we've got our 175 ELDX with the Precision Hunter at 3,000 feet per second. Mm -hmm. And then the neat one, new, the, well, it's all new, but the, the most new addition is our Outfitter Ammo, which is a 160-grain CX bullet. Mm -hmm. And those CX bullets are just known for unrelenting performance incredibly deep penetrating i mean it just hits super hard uh it's it's pretty impressive how that bullet works do you think they'll and hit to, harder than a copper bullet sorry to catch you off there than a lead core bullet and then a lead core bullet sorry yeah is a is the is the cx do you think in your opinion going to hit as hard as a lead core it's going to hit different is what it's going to yeah. do and that I, was my I experience say, on the whitetail it was just different yeah it's different, you know, with, with a medium sized game animal, even including, you know, elk, uh, at traditional ranges, uh, or at any range for that matter, a lead core bullet for me is still my go-to. I like the performance the dramatic expansion of a lead core bullet. What the CX gives you is the ability to, to have almost complete disregard for shot angle and shoulder blade location. Um, mm -hmm. if you've got a quartering two shot and you're going to come in on the point of the shoulder, I wouldn't even hesitate with a CX bullet because I can guarantee you it's going to get through there, clean through the vitals and give you that, that wonderful performance. Uh, and so on an animal like a brown bear or a moose that are just physically larger, uh, I'd go the CX every time. CX every time. Gotcha. Hmm. Two, three, 400 yards. Yeah. And depends, you know, it depends on the, on the particular location that you're shooting so our 160 cx bullet is a, a pretty unique bullet it's very similar to that of our 190 grain 30 cal and that of our 130 grain 65 in that we basically modeled it after a match bullet so you know we took a look at our 180 grain match bullet and we 
I'm going to say cloned, but that's not an, it's not an exact physical cloning, Mm -hmm. but we basically mimicked the, uh, shape of that bullet, um, from the match bullet. And then we just simply make it out of our CX material. So although it is a monolithic bullet, it does have pretty darn impressive downrange performance ballistically because it's got the shape drag of those match bullets. So depending on where you're hunting, you know, I ran these numbers here just the other day. So they're kind of top of mind here, but our 160 CX, um, has a G seven BC of 0.3, which for a monolithic bullet and seven millimeter, there's nothing even close to that, uh, with an honest Doppler radar verified BC, um, at standard atmosphere. So standard atmosphere, meaning basically, uh, at 29.5 inches of mercury and zero feet above sea level, you're going to have performance out past 600 yards closer to 700. Gotcha. That's pretty good. Yeah. For a monolithic bullet, that's unheard of. Yeah, absolutely. So have you, have you had guys, um, kill anything with the ELDM yet? I know that's a match bullet, uh, not, um, not marketed for hunting, but with the seven PRC guys are going to start asking that. So I was going to say, I, we haven't experienced that with the seven PRC because in the launch of the cartridge and the design of the cartridge, you know, we are basically, uh, in control of where it gets used and how it gets used. And obviously we don't uh, recommend using match bullets for, for hunting. Um, that said, outside of the seven PRC. So for the guys that have the custom seven mags, the 28 nozzlers and all those, there have been a pile of animals stacked up with the 180 ELD match. And, uh, you know, there's not a Hornady police force that's going to come around and, you know, <laughs> try to arrest you for using a match bullet for hunting. Um, but it is a popular bullet in a lot of places, uh, that people use for hunting. And, uh, I've certainly heard a bunch of reports out of it, out of the seven PRC though. Um, no, again, doing all the pre-launch stuff, um, since it's designed, we haven't had any, any animals taken, but we have killed a pile of animals with it. Gotcha. No, that's awesome. So I know people are going to ask this next. Next, um, well, what's the difference between the seven PRC and the twenty-eight nozzler, or what's the difference between the seven PRC and the seven LRM? Yeah. Um, what's the difference between the seven PRC and the seven STW? Um, talk about that. Yeah, all good questions. So up until this point, every seven millimeter cartridge out there that was widely adopted had some really big holes in its design that did not lend itself well to being inherently accurate, easy to shoot, and easy to load ammo for. And I know we've talked about this in the past, but when you look at what we do when we make ammo, you know, let's say we load 5,000 boxes of ammo. Okay, that's 5,000 boxes of 20, right? So there's, you know, just right there, you've got 100,000 rounds that you're going to make. So you've got to you've got to make ammo or and a cartridge that is easy to load for, you know, because we want all of these rounds to be accurate, not just a couple hundred or a couple thousand. If we're doing runs of a hundred thousand rounds and we're going to do however many runs of that a year, we're talking millions of rounds, right? That have to be accurate. So all of those existing seven millimeter cartridges left a hole. And most of them would be that they had a slow semi twist rate. So the seven mag is a nine and a half. The 28 nozzler is a nine. The STW, I believe that's a nine. So you've got all these cartridges that have nine to nine and a half inches of twist in them. Mm -hmm. And that limits the bullet options. You know, a lot of people, when we released our 28 nozzler ammo questioned, why did you load the 162 and not the 175? And the answer to that is that two things. One, it lacks the sufficient twist rate 
to guarantee that that 175 ELDX is going to be stable uh, in all environments. And then two, it's got such a restrictive overall length because the case is so long, it's too overbore, that the 175, you end up pushing all the bearing surface inside the case neck uh, to get it to fit into the SAMI standards of 3.340. So that was, you know, why we did that. So most of the cartridges have a slow twist rate. They are really overbore. Like you look at the 28 nozzler and the STW and what the problem that creates, it's not just that it shortens barrel life because it does do that. But when we load ammo, it makes it a headache because those overbore cartridges, the more overbore they are, the more finicky they can be as you're loading ammo. And you end up with inconsistent accuracy or you have to choose a powder that gives you poor temperature stability. Um, so it's really or you get big velocity spreads is another one, just horrible velocity spreads. So be, by going more overboard, you just create some more problems. And yeah, you can, you know, stream down the drag strip at a, at a quick pace, but at the sacrifice of overall consistency. Yeah. And so, so that, that's the, for, just to slow down, just so yeah. people understand this, that's the difference in the 28 nozzler and the, the seven pier C. Yeah. You're going to lose his accuracy. There's going to be more free bore. Correct me if I'm wrong, Seth. There's going to be well, more the, free bore in a 28 nozzler. Uh, I'm, I haven't looked at the Sammy prints. It is, uh, it's going to be harder. I don't know how to put this diplomatically because I could, I could build a 28 nozzler and I could load ammo for it and I guarantee it'll be lights out. However, it's hard to do that on the average because I'd have to get a custom twist barrel and a custom chamber reamer and I have to do all this custom work. Um, yeah. But the 28 nozzler is going to be faster than a 7 PRC by roughly 100 to 125 feet per second. But you have to remember, we're not shooting the same bullets because the 28 nozzler has a much longer case, but it has the same overall length. That just means that the bullets shove deeper into the case um, and you have to use a stubbier quote unquote bullet. So we're not shooting the same bullets. Yes, they have a 175 grain bullet and so do we, but ballistically they're not the same. Ours is much more efficient. Uh, and so you're picking up a hundred foot, 125 foot, but you're shooting a much more inefficient bullet. Um, that doesn't really make sense. And you, you're increasing the recoil, you know, a 28 nozzler with an appropriately loaded seven PRC it's going to have about 30% more recoil than the seven PRC. And that's going to gain you 125 foot. That doesn't really make sense. And to do, to get that extra velocity, you're going to be cooking off 20 grains, 25 grains, more propellant. So you're adding to the recoil and you're shortening the barrel life. So it just isn't a very consistent way to design a cartridge. The seven PRC really took into account what powder charge is it going to take to achieve 3000 feet per second with the 175. And this is how big the case is. And let's keep that powder charge as small as we can so that it's efficient and it doesn't beat you up. Um, and the, tw yeah, the 28 nozzler, uh, I haven't looked at the chamber drawings in a while. I don't remember the free bore diameter and length being too out of line. I think they did a good job with that. They just made the case simply too large um, to effectively use the modern propellants that are very accurate and very temperature stable. Gotcha. Okay. No, that's a good explanation there. The, what, what about the LRM? I know, so you know, I know you know was, that one too. Yeah, the LRM was was good. Um, you know, it had an exceptionally long neck, which I don't think was necessary. Other than that, cartridge design looked good. Um, the performance is, is fine, you know, and there's, as far as I know, there's really only been one chamber reamer out there uh, as far as prints go. Uh, the Catch-22 with the 7 LRM is Gunworks not being a member of SAMI, um, couldn't introduce that to SAMI. And so when you have a cartridge that exists 
in the what I'm going to call the wildcat world, even though they kind of had it pegged down, um, you can't control how many guns were ever made of that design. And if any other iterations of that design were made, but kept the same name. So you couldn't, you couldn't introduce that cartridge to Sammy now because there, there wouldn't be backward. You couldn't guarantee backward compatibility. That makes sense. Yeah. But f- from ballistically, they're very similar cartridges. They're going to hold about the same amount of propellant and they were set up from the word go to be match accurate and use modern high BC bullets. So I don't have anything super negative to say about the seven LRM other than um, because it existed in the wildcat world um, that that limited itself a little bit. And because there was nothing that solved the problem, they found a way to do it. Gunworks and, and they did a pretty good job. Like I said, there's some design aspects that, you know, if I had designed it, I might change a little bit, but who am I to say? Um, but ballistically they're very, very similar. Gotcha. Okay. You know, that's, that, that's good too. So that kind of paints a picture for people now, not, and I know you don't work for Gunworks, but like how would Gunworks go about getting Sammy, approved or what would that look like? They would either have to join the SAMI board, um, which I'm not sure what kind of process that would take, but they'd have to have a voting member on the SAMI board, or they would have to team up with a manufacturer like us, for example, um, and have us take it to SAMI for them. And like I said, when you start getting many years removed from when this cartridge came out, when you can't guarantee backwards compatibility, you could end up with a um, with a with a situation where you make something to Sammy spec, but it doesn't work, or it creates an unsafe situation in a firearm produced several years ago. Uh, so that's kind of why it couldn't advance. Gotcha. Okay, that makes sense. So uh, basically, if I were to summarize this, I would say that a seven PRC is basically a roided out, customized seven mag. Yeah, but yeah. with factory ammo. Exactly. And that's, again, I've beaten this dead horse, just like the we talked about it with the 300 PRC uh, or, you know, in a, in a separate podcast that the 300 min, Win Mag was great. But to make it really great, yeah, you, you, you put it on a, on a cycle of trend and, and roided it out. You put it, a different twist barrel in there. You loaded it longer than Sammy spec. You ran it, you know, right at max pressure and you got a custom chamber reamer. Well, and that's cool that you can do that, but how do you get everybody to do that? Yeah. And that's the SAMI approval process. And same thing with this. Could we have made a cartridge that was bigger and faster than the 28 nozzle? Well, yeah, we could have just simply necked down the 300 PRC, but that is not the right way to do it because you are sacrificing things. You're going to have a more overboard cartridge and it's going to be more temperamental. You have to use more powder, more recoil, more it just ejecta coming out of the barrel because of the larger powder charge. And now with, with the 7 PRC, very similar powder column size uh, to the 7 mag, just a slightly different shape, a more efficient shape of the powder charge, mm-hmm. um, but a very similar one. So we're not trying to completely reinvent the wheel. We're just trying to make something that is purpose built for precision and for today's hunter you know the western hunter specifically that's that's where we live we have to live there it's it's either yeah if you can't get within 300 yards and you have to walk away you know that's that's not going to cut it you know we want to have that precision and we want to be able to go to sportsman's warehouse and buy a you know buy a christensen arms rifle off the shelf and buy a good you know loophole mark five or something and have a setup that is simply going to work that's easy to shoot that i'm not afraid of the recoil i can shoot it all summer long and then go out in the fall and shoot something at 50 yards or 550 yards and just have that dependable performance yeah absolutely 
um, you know, the, the Western hunter demands more, not, not the hunter himself, but the environment that he or she is in. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just different. It's different than, you know, sitting at Marv's in the, in the, in the CRP and waiting yeah. for running bucks to cruise by. You're in the high country. You're in, uh, some vicious terrain. You're, uh, you got wind, rain, weather, uh, you know, tough angles and you know, the, the Western hunter needs just a little bit more. Yeah. And then the, the difference there is, is I think the terrain, you know, when I think about, yeah, hunting the mountains or hunting the high desert or hunting the, the sand hand, the, excuse me, the sand hills in the panhandle of Nebraska, like there are just areas where you're not going to close the distance. It's just not going to happen. And, uh, yeah, a cartridge like this really lends itself to being able to close the distance for you. Yeah, absolutely. So what else? Talk to me, any aha moments, any like, I can't wait for this or how long have you actually had this, but you've been waiting for it? Yeah. If so, why did you wait? Uh, t- talk a little bit more about that. Sure. So this design, you know, it, it takes a village to, to do anything as it, as it always does. And years ago, I was still working in ballistic engineering and, you know, we had the 300 PRC launched and then the 6.5 PRC launched. And as a devout disciple of the seven millimeter, I, you know, I was in the ear hole of our you know, our assistant director of engineering. Uh, and as a team, you know, we have a collective group called the ballistic development group. I was, the, Hey, we need seven millimeter PRC. We had an engineer at the time that designed cartridge cases, um, uh, in our case plant. And, and he was also a seven millimeter fanatic. And so, you know, we basically tried different things. We tried, you know, a, a six, five PRC just kind of necked up, um, you know, and that faltered that did not work the, the way it, we wanted it to, and we should probably address that because the seven R Psalm is, is, you know, really popular and we can talk about that. But so we tried that and then we, you know, we basically do what we always do, design the cartridge or excuse me, design the chamber around the bullets, pick a muzzle velocity, pick a propellant that will achieve that muzzle velocity and then make the case, the appropriate size and set the dimensions just like we've always done. And you end up with the seven PRC. And this would have been back in probably late 2018, early 2019 timeframe that we were working on this initially. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, then COVID kicked off and production demand just went berserk. Is that, that's what went insane for you. You just couldn't keep up with production. Right. Or so demand, there, I just, guess. Yeah, Production the demand was, yeah. it was insane. You know, we, we've never made more ammo than we do now, yet you still can't find it. You know, and so a lot of people say it's, it's a ammo shortage when in reality it's, it's a buying surplus because there's never been yeah. more ammo on the market than there is right now. But so we couldn't responsibly release this cartridge, you know, with knowing that, that with the COVID things going on, we weren't going to be able to produce the brass and the ammo. And so now that we're, catching up on the back order we're adding space we're adding machines we're adding employees now we're at a time where we can we can responsibly release this um but it did yeah like i said there was a team of ballisticians and engineers that were that weren't going to let this die even though you know it sat on the shelf for a couple years but it's something that we're passionate about and we know that the end user will benefit from and that's probably the more uh, important thing is we're we're a group of end users you know, we're fanatical hunters, we're long range shooters, we're competitors, and we want products that we want to use. And, uh, we know that the general consumer will benefit from those as well. Right. Um, I did want to mention, I've mentioned the seven R and the reason, you know, cause we had some people recommend, Oh, take the 300 and neck it down or take the six, five and neck it up so we can build it on a medium or short length action. And we did try that, um, initially 
because the seven R SOM people love that cartridge. They love to, to run it on those little actions. Um, but once you put things in a pressure and velocity barrel, mm -hmm. uh, you realize that the performance isn't based in the real world and uh, a six, five PRC or similar sized cartridge case necked uh, to seven and shooting a 175 or 180 grain bullet north of 2900 is in a, a pressure window where we simply can't live. Um, you know, Sammy pretty much caps everything at 65,000 pounds for the max average pressure. And we load, you know, conservative to that. And anything north of there is an area we can't go. And certainly, you know, you get too far north of there, you're going to have catastrophic problems. So um, the short action stuff, it just simply wouldn't work. You would not get the performance out of the factory ammo if we went with the short cartridge. Gotcha. That makes sense. So, so what else? Uh, how many people have it right now? Well, there's uh, quite a few actually. So, you know, again, it's been how many media folks or social, you know, a, a bunch people on or the TV side, guys or probably not as many uh, on the outdoor writer side and, and a couple of the the outdoor TV shows. You know, when it got Sammy approved in June, um, you know, they went to Africa in July. I say they, uh, a team of, of media and a team of uh, industry personnel went there and just had a phenomenal trip. I mean, they stacked up a lot of animals at distances from 40 feet to 500 yards and just had a great trip there. So I know a bunch of guns there. And then uh, we are working with, gosh, who, I think over two dozen gun builders and manufacturers on this cartridge. So I can't speak for the gun builders on when they will release their firearms chambered in this cartridge. Mm -hmm. You know, like I said, we're releasing it October 26th at the NASGW show. There will be guns available immediately after that. I, I know of a couple manufacturers that are going to launch that product right away with us. Likewise, that we're going to start shipping ammo right away. Um, so there'll be some, some stuff available immediately, but there's been a quite a bit of media uh, around this because people wanted it. The gun builders wanted it. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, there's been uh, no shortage of people asking for it. And then again, like I said, we've had some early gun manufacturers on board and it's just, it's great to see this launch finally happen. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, I, I can't tell you how excited I am for this, that now that when people come in my office, I don't have to hide my screensaver. <laughs> I, my screensaver is a 300 PRC, a seven PRC and a six, five PRC. I think you sent me that artwork, Seth, Yeah. but it's literally been up here ever since I signed the NDA. Like everything, the first thing I do when I come in and look at the, uh, at the computer screen is I see the seven MM PRC precision rifle cartridge comparison. And then I have yep. a 300 PRC, seven PRC and the six, five PRC. So yep. every time someone comes in, I hurry and put my internet browser over it so no one could see it. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you won't have to do that now and it's great. And I hope, hopefully I think the market will respond well. I think this will be really quickly accepted, and I don't think it's going to negatively cannibalize away from 6.5 or 300 PRC. I don't either. It's, it's just going to give people more options, I feel like. Yeah. Those cartridges have their place. Get one of each. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the 7 is really the ultimate utilitarian. If you can only do one, that's probably the one. But there is certainly That's a good way argument. of putting it. That's yeah, a there's really an good argument way to be made it. for all of them. But Yeah, man. I. I don't know. I, I'm really excited. Uh, I have an opener for elk tomorrow. Um, so I'll, I'll have one more chance to take a bull elk with a seven PRC. So hopefully I can put a, put a beautiful bull on the ground and, and see how it performs on elks. I think that's one of the questions in my mind. I, I mean, 
I have no doubt it's going to be absolutely amazing. The 6.5 PRC does a great job on elk, so I can't wait to yeah. see what the 7 PRC does to elk. So Yeah, um, it's, it's definitely got the authority uh, that the, the 6.5 PRC may lack, but it's got a lot more shootability than those big 300s. And again, those 300s, that's the ultimate boomstick, man, for those big game animals. But that's the 7, like I said, it's just such a easy shooting package, especially when you suppress it, you know, uh, manageable recoil downrange performance to spare ultra flat shooting it's actually going to be flatter than the 6.5 prc uh so it's just a win-win all the way around yeah man well good work on it thanks for doing the paying your dues on the on the cartridge and thanks to jason and neil and everyone involved for producing this i know the western hunters are really excited for this and i'm i'm excited that i can finally tell people what this rifle is that travis built for me it's a 7 prc folks yeah and a shooter and a looker nonetheless i mean that thing looks it's like a Ferrari. It looks fast when it's not moving. It looks like it is <laughs> the, the perfect long range hunting rifle when it's just sitting there. Yeah, it really does. So I can't wait to, can't wait to release these films on the seven PRC. And, um, as always, Seth, thanks for your time. Is there anything else that we missed on, on this that we should chat about? We've been almost 40 minutes now. No, I don't, I don't think so. I think, uh, we, we did a good job of talking through why and what and how and where it fits in the lineup. And, you know, I just, uh, if you got questions, obviously hit, hit me up, hit us up. We'll, we'll answer them cause we can justify it. I can explain to you, um, you know, the, how, the, what, and the why. And yeah, as far as, uh, you go, Eric and the rest of the Mealy Freak team, appreciate you guys working on this project with us early. You know, it's great to see, uh, people in the industry, who do a ton of hunting and shooting to get excited about something uh, that's, you know, you can tell it's going to be a popular product when people are just chomping at the bit for it. So thanks for working on it with us. Absolutely. And thank you for joining us. All right, guys, be sure to subscribe to this podcast, leave us a comment, let us know how we did share the show. Um, we we're not running ads on the show. So the way that you can pay us back is to share the show. We'll catch you on the next one.